Hello, and thank you for joining us for another episode of FYI, the Public Libraries podcast. I'm Kathleen Hughes, Manager of Publications for the Public Library Association, and my guests today are Holly Hibner and Mary Kelly. Holly and Mary have recently released a book in PLA's Quick Read series, entitled Weeding Manual. In addition, they are co-founders of the popular blog, Awful Library Books, and co-authors of the book, Making a Collection Count, a Holistic Approach to Library Collection Management. Welcome, Holly and Mary, and thanks for joining us. Let's get started with introductions. Why don't you each tell us a bit about yourselves? Sure. This is Holly Hibner, and I work at the Plymouth District Library in Plymouth, Michigan, which is just north of Ann Arbor. I'm Mary Kelly, and I work at the Lyon Township Library, which is a very small library in southwestern Oakland County. Michigan. And when did you discover your shared enthusiasm for awful library books and the finer points of collection management? We're kind of library science geeks and we just love to talk ad nauseum about anything library related. <laughs> but we realized that collection development really was something that we both had an interest in. And the more we started sort of picking at the collection at the library where we worked at the time, the more we, you know, got excited and started thinking of ways, you know, to fix it. We ended up noticing a lot of things coming in from ILL that were just radically out of date and absolutely not helpful to come for patrons at that moment in time because everything was getting picked over. At the same time, Holly and I were invited to conference on collection development, and I'm sure everybody who was reading the description, I was sure it was going to be a snooze fest if we talked about weeding. We kind of came up with this idea of talking about specific books to just give it some more pizzazz and kind of enjoy some of the outdated material. And it kind of worked, and it all clicked. And we've been doing this off and on prior to the blog anyway, just like, oh, can you believe this (laughs) kind of book. Can you each share your favorite awful library book? Well, I'm going to say my all-time favorite is still Be Bold with Bananas, which was written by the Banana Control Board. (laughs) Yes, there is a Banana Control Board in 1970. The book is genius with some pictures of what you can do with um, making banana desserts and banana dishes of all sorts. I have a couple of favorites. Don't Make Me Go Back, Mommy. It's a a storybook for children of uh, ritual, satanic abuse situations. Oh. It was just so bizarre, and the, the, the illustrations were just so weird, and how did that pitch meeting go with right, the publisher? Right. <laughs> I like that, even though it's probably more scary than funny. But I also liked uh, the one I called O Canada, and it was a book from the early 60s about Canada. It's your basic reference kind of school book for kids. And it was just so ridiculous, and the pictures were so kind of odd. And then because our the people that comment on our site are just so funny and clever. I just loved, loved reading the comments, and and our Canadian friends actually were just hilariously entertained by the book, too. So let's get to weeding. We all know it's important in maintaining an awesome library collection, but can you talk a little bit about why? The main reason is relevancy. I mean, public libraries have a hard enough time staying relevant to our communities without having old, weird books on our shelves that are completely irrelevant to our communities. Um, Also, space considerations. Space is not finite, and there is implied cost in keeping anything on the shelf. So, I mean, you have 
the reason you weed is partially to make space because it's a never-ending cycle. Um, things come and things go. I actually worked with someone once who had a library board member who asked her, this is not the library I work at now, just some other library where she worked, who said, when are we going to be done buying books for the collection? We keep giving you money every year, but when are we going to be done? And they really didn't understand that it, you're never done. You know, it's cyclical, and you have to make space for new things to come in, you know, as old things become irrelevant. We really have to get down to what is our core mission, and are we supposed to help our community? The best example was just what I was talking about when we started the blog is, if people are looking for jobs and you have no jobs books, you're not doing what your community needs. Communities by themselves aren't static. They change constantly or new technologies are available. You have to have a collection that's dynamic. It's constantly growing. It's constantly changing depending on who lives there, who uses it, who's your target audience. What are you really trying to accomplish by having a public library in your community? And then there's also condition. Books get yucky. (laughs) The more they circulate, the grosser they get. What are some popular excuses you've heard for not weeding, and how can libraries overcome those objections? One of my favorites is, but it's historical. You know, I want to know when the last time your basic neighborhood public library had historiography reference questions to the point where a primary source was so crucial that they, you know, needed it from the public library itself. There are universities, there are archives, there are maybe state libraries that have a reason to hold some of those primary documents. Um, But we don't keep things just because they're historical. That's ridiculous. (laughs) Um, My other favorite one is that I don't have time to weed. And you know, I hate to sound mean, but honestly, we seem to have time to select. Weeding is one part of the collection management cycle. And if you make time to select and buy stuff, because that's fun, <laughs> you have to make time to weed. Um, and, you know, managers have to make time for their employees to weed. It, it can't be a thing that you just think about every couple of years or every now and then when you run out of space. You have to do it all the time. You have to make it part of your routine and make time. Weeding just makes the good stuff come shine up. It doesn't crowd out the bad stuff. Right. Um, and I think your, everybody's first default is, well, I'd rather not weed it in case it goes bad, uh, you know, in case we need it. Someone might or, need it. Or someone might need it. Yeah, that's probably the best one. It seems like staff are maybe emotionally attached to pieces in a collection or certain books. And so how do you overcome that? You have to be very clear with your library mission, first of all, and have a collection management policy. As a manager, you know, you hire people to do a job, and that job includes collection development. And so they're expected to sort of buy into the library's mission and collection development philosophy as a whole. They can certainly weigh in and bring other ideas to the table to be talked about, but when you're hired you know, to do weeding as part of your job or to manage a collection to a certain degree or to a benchmark, then, you know, I don't think you get to say, I, you know, I don't want to do it. At some point you are starting to get into the good stuff and you don't want to get rid of everything and it feels like there's just nowhere to go. But I have had staff that are like, oh, this was my favorite book when I was a child and it, it hurts my feelings and I don't want to let go of it. It's that one book that's fine. You just can't have a whole library philosophy of that. Staff 
have to get on board with the general philosophy and the general mission of the library. We can exactly. talk about it all day and, you know, tweak things here and there, but, you know, in the end, it's their job to do collection management to the benchmarks that your library has set. And that has to come from a top down. Even if a department's all on board and a director is not, it'll ultimately fail. Strong you need strong policies and procedures. And, like I said, everybody has to get in on the discussion of how it is. For some people, I find, well, let's look at the data kind of discussions help. Or do we have any ideas to make them more popular if it really is a good book? Have we moved it to the right section? Have we thought about a special display? You don't have to weed just because it has low circ. You have to look at the title. Does it have real potential? And maybe it was just a hidden gem or not. That's why weeding is just as critical as collecting or purchasing. So what is an ideal weeding schedule? Constant, oh, ongoing, <laughs> and always. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we never liked the idea of a once-a-year weed. Like, I'm going to pile up a cart once a year. It takes a long time to do it that way. It's dirty. It attracts attention. If you're just constantly, always, every day or every week, you know, looking at the data or walking your stacks, you do a little bit at a time. It really does not take a lot of time to keep up with. You know, I probably weed one or two things a week just that catch my eye as I'm walking through or as I run reports. You know, I have things on a watch list that I'm not ready to weed it now, but it's, you know, its days are numbered. (laughs) When I finally decide it's time, you know, I weed a couple of things at once. I'm not piling up carts and carts and carts. I think weeding has to just be ongoing. As much as you think about new releases and new purchases for the library, you have to be doing the opposite. It really varies on the the library. For me, one of the first problems I ran into was Anne McCaffrey, who I think is a great author, and but she was taking up two stacks in my library, and except for the most current ones, the old ones weren't circulating. But, you know, one or two circulations or none for a couple of years you know, it's not a good use of money and time. Not all subjects are the same. You have to look at certain subjects more often than others, probably. You know, biographies can go a little longer than medical information. Um, I really would suggest if you have to choose, if time or space or whatever is your issue, and you have to choose, you know, weed those time-sensitive subjects first. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the hierarchy of weeding idea? Have you at least gotten rid of damaged books? Most librarians can get on board with that. That's an easy fix right there. Duplicates. We don't need five or six copies. Maybe we need two. Those kind of things. And So you can do it gently like that, which is easier on a lot of people. And even if people just did that, I think there would be a whole lot of better library, you know, practice there. Because once you start kind of going into it, you realize, oh, there's more to this. And Holly's exactly right. Time-sensitive information being the next level. So if you have to weed, start with the ugly and redundant stuff and then kind of move up the hierarchy and take on more and more. It's also a great way to break in staff that maybe haven't done weeding in a long time. Talk a little bit about working with weeding staff and how a shared vision can get everyone on the same page. I think that just goes back to the idea of having a really strong policy and a clear mission and making sure your staff clearly understands the policy 
and, you know, the mission. We've gone so far as to suggest that you write um, collection objectives and collection benchmarks just to take it a step farther. It makes it a little bit easier to weed based on data that way. So shared weeding vision is great. We all have to be on the same page about what kind of library are we and how does our collection help the library meet its mission. It's less of a weeding problem and more of a, I think, a staff shared vision or training or whatever kind of issue. And that could be, um, you know, and it's perfectly logical sometimes. You've, you've been without weeding for years and years and years, a new person comes in and it looks overwhelming. And I think that can be scary to people that are having problems with change. The weeding has to be done carefully. And if you have what I call a real specific set of guidelines, like Holly talked about benchmarks, that's one way to help people get on task with it. And also you need to have a good procedure of what you do with your discards. I think that's where a lot of folks get it. I mean, somebody walks by a dumpster and sees a, you know, a dumpster full of books. It's horrifying to them. Right, right. And that's my next question, too. What, what are your recommendations or what are some considerations? We have a coworker friend of ours that works in another library, and she used to say stuff like, I'm selecting for the book sale. By just using positive language as we talk about collections with the public is incredibly helpful. The whole idea of this is a good thing, because weeding can even sound kind of, well, we're getting rid of the old stuff. I think that kind of language is probably way more harsh and disrespectful of the collection. But this whole idea of keeping it on a positive level will help to deal with that. Holly and I also keep a couple of awful library books behind the desk. So when somebody asks us, you know, I don't understand this weeding thing, you can show them an outdated cancer information book. And then people kind of get it. As for actual disposal, there's a company called Better World Books that will take some library discards. They do have criteria. But like Mary said, you don't want to just fill up a dumpster. That's that's so disrespectful. You can you can try to sell them in a book sale. You can send them to Better World Books. There are certainly things that you know need to be recycled. Mold spreads, and that's dangerous in a library setting. So you can't you know sell just anything. <laughs> you have to be a little bit careful about that. I just want to go back to um, the idea of benchmarks for a second. Can you give us an example of benchmarking in weeding? There are circulation benchmarks, and you want to be specific to a collection. I wouldn't ever say that they're the same for every collection. So you could say a new fiction book, like a James Patterson. You want it to circulate six times in the first six months. If you have a one-month circulation cycle, that means it's pretty much always out. When it's no longer new anymore, the benchmark drops a little bit. So maybe in years one through five, you want it to circulate, you know, six times in 12 months or eight times in 12 months, something like that. Um, there are also age benchmarks. So you could look at a collection like medical or legal and say, you know, the benchmark is five years old. Uh, maybe in the history collection, it's 10 years old, something like that. That doesn't mean you're going to weed everything older than five years or older than 10 years. It means you're going to look at that stuff as it hits that five-year benchmark. There are benchmarks for turnover. There are benchmarks for relative use, which means how did this specific title circulate compared to other books on the same subject? You know, does the public have a favorite in this particular collection? 
certain subject areas have a they're going to have a tighter one. For example, fiction is going to be a taste-driven scenario. And illegal and medical information is going to be absolutely, it's unreliable after a certain amount of time. Pardon? We're never going to expect the Latin dictionary to circulate yes. to the same benchmark or the age benchmark as the James Patterson novel. What can you tell us about weeding e-formats? I would say that the same rules apply because the information in the title trumps the format of the title. Whatever weeding criteria you've set for the subject matter of that, you know, e-material, whether it's an article in a database or, you know, a book, an e-book in an overdrive collection or whatever, if you've said that book in print would get weeded, you know, then weed the e-format while you're at it. Any last thoughts for our listeners? If anybody even just makes a slight effort, you do improve your collection. That's one thing I hope everybody takes out of this discussion. There's not a perfect way to weed. No one knows your own collection better than you. If you know your audience and all of that, just even doing a little bit will help. The biggest mistake you can make is doing nothing at all, so paying attention to your collection. The other thought I'll leave everybody with is that weeding is one piece of the full collection cycle. We always talk about the collection life cycle. You select it, you order it, it gets labeled, it gets cataloged, it gets shelved, it gets used, maybe it gets repaired, then it's you know, at some point it gets weeded. That is a circle, a never-ending circle. And weeding is one part of that circle. So it's really easy to get caught up between buying it and weeding it and buying it and weeding it. But you have to pay attention to everything that happens to that material throughout the life cycle of the collection. Great advice. Thank you to Mary Kelly and Holly Hibner for joining us today. Be sure to check out their website at awfullibrarybooks.com. You can find out more about their PLA Quick Reads book, Weeding Manual, at www.publiclibrariesonline.org. Thanks for listening.